Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> I'm like trying to conceal my excitement because I have one of my closest Aww. friends here with me. Actually, sister. Let my me sister. Just, we're blood at this point. Yeah. But um, this is Melissa Effa. She is a director um, and writer amongst many things. So she is going to be joining us to talk a lot about her experience growing up. Um, as a first gen, um, you were born in America, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't. I just want to make sure. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think particularly Melissa is um, actually, yeah, Melissa was my first friend and mentor when I first moved out in LA. Okay. And it was actually so divine because we met um, at one of our mutual friends' birthday party mm-hmm. uh, about like 2000 and. 18 18 Mm -hmm. and then I was like hey you know like I'm trying to move out to LA I want to be an actress I want to do this yada 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 and Melissa's like all right sis come on let's go like what you want to do so I'm like okay Mel like okay so like she was doing an event um she does an annual LA homecoming event and it was her first annual event and she was like well I'm throwing this event you want to fly to LA you can stay with me blah 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 so I'm like what? Like, you would open your home to me? So, like, I flew to L.A. the next summer. Um, actually, no, it was no, that year. Yeah. It was that mm-hmm. year. I flew to, to L.A. Mind you, I talked to this girl maybe three times, two times max. I flew to L.A., um, and I was like, hey, yeah, so I'm going to help you. What do you need? What's up? And I just helped her with the event. But I also, like, we created a bond during that weekend where it was just like, wow, we have so many similarities. Mm-hmm. And I look up to her so much because particularly particularly she um she's I consider you a trailblazer. Wow. <laughs> I do. I do consider you a trailblazer because coming from the small community that I grew up in, mm-hmm. you also were raised in the Metro Atlanta area. Mm-hmm. Coming from that community, you're definitely someone for me that I was like what Mm. she's nigerian and she's in entertainment Mm. like Mm. what like oh my freaking gosh because i had struggled so much to find someone Mm -hmm. that approved of the path that i kept feeling like god was calling Mm. me to so i would love for you to talk about like your experience of like how did you get in, in into entertainment yeah and what was like that conversation what did that conversation look like yeah with your parents when you were like hey like i'm gonna be in the entertainment industry right right yeah so it was definitely (laughs) a process definitely a process um and it took some time for them to get adjusted so okay so for clarity i'm half bahamian and half nigerian yes um but and both of my parents are doctors. Yes. Oh, um, so that's the trifecta. The, the, the standard was already like set beyond the roof as soon as I was <laughs> born. Yeah. Um. So I noticed when I was like, I had a desire for acting. I had a desire for like modeling at first. Like I used to like be obsessed with America's Next Time Model. Like watch it all the time. <laughs> and so when I was like 13, I told my mom like, oh, I think I want to like model. And then she was like, my mom was always very supportive. Mm-hmm. So my parents weren't together. And so I lived with my mom, but obviously I saw my dad all the time. But my mom was super, super supportive of like my dreams. She just wanted me to like do something that was like, I had a degree. Yes. So at the time I was like going to be a lawyer. That was, like, my thing since I was, like, I a teenager. Mm-hmm. So um, I did this um, 
I went to this, I found this like modeling thing where you auditioned, but it was really a scam. But it like opened the door for like me to desire modeling and acting. So the person at the audition was like, are you an actor too? And my mom was like, oh yeah. Like she all, she does all these voices. She made me talk in a Nigerian accent. She made me do all this <laughs> stuff. So that was kind of like what opened the door. Then I started taking acting classes. And then in high school, my senior year, I did a broadcasting class. And um, mind you, that summer I did like a law internship um, before my senior year, like the summer before. And that was when I found out that like, wait, because I wanted to be an entertainment lawyer. Mm-hmm. And this um, internship was like a, it was like a corporate law internship, but there was someone there that was like a lawyer over like sports, like people in sports. And he was like, being a lawyer, an entertainment lawyer is not fun. He was (laughs) like, if you want to be in entertainment, you should just be in entertainment. And I was like, wow, okay. And there was someone at the law internship, the daughter of the person who started the firm, she was going to school in LA. So she was the one who told me about LMU. I'd never heard about Loyola Marymount before, but she was telling me about all these schools that were good in LA. Mm -hmm. So... Fast forward, I took this broadcasting class in high school, and that was my first time behind the camera. Mm-hmm. I got to write things, and I created my own show. It was called Eminem Entertainment. Okay. I was telling the entertainment news. Come on, girl. Um, and so that was when I was like, that was when I felt like um, my desire for behind the camera was unlocked. But I still was like, I'll be an entertainment attorney, but I'll be like an actress on the side. Like, that was my thing. Then um, when I eventually got into LMU, went to LMU, it was a wrap. Like, as soon as I was on set, and I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. So I told my mom, I told both of my parents that, like, yeah, I think I'm going to just not, I'm not going to be a lawyer. I'm going to focus on this. And my mom was like, both of them were very taken aback. I don't even think my dad heard me because he. I had to <laughs> rehab this conversation with him when I graduated. But my mom was like, it took her a while because she was like, okay, but, like, are you going to get your master's in something? Are you going to get, like, your PhD in film? And I'm like, no, I'm just going to, like, go for it. Um, and what really inspired me at the time was Issa Rae, mm. who's also West African. Um, and Awkward Black Girl was out at the time. And my one of my film teachers, my sophomore year, showed it in our class. And I remember being like, oh, my God. Like, you can just create your own project and put it out there and, like, you don't have to wait for anyone. Because at the time, in college especially, even after college, I was trying to, like, pursue acting. Mm -hmm. um, And it just wasn't working. I wasn't getting an agent. I wasn't, like, nothing was moving. Mm -hmm. And in college, I was, like... I just thought it was so dope to see a woman that looked like me and had a similar experience. Like, awkward black girl spoke to me. I was like, I'm awkward and I'm black. (laughs) And I'm like... And just seeing someone like that was showcasing a different character that we usually see um, and just do it, that really inspired me. And so that's what like led to me creating my own web series and like the rest is history. Okay. So you talked a little bit about your mom's reaction. What was your dad's reaction? When, okay. When you so my dad was against it. My dad was oh, very oh, against okay. it at first. Period. Like he was just, okay. So again, I told him my freshman year. <laughs> Told him my freshman year, but again, I just don't think he heard me. Yeah. Then when we got to, I was graduating. I remember like literally the day before graduation, we had like a lunch or something. He came out to LA and he was like, so are you going to start like applying to law school? And then I was like, no. 
<laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not because I'm not going to be a lawyer. And he was like, what? What are you talking okay. about? Okay, so he literally just put it like his mind went off. Yeah, like he was just like, I'm not hearing that. So he was just very confused and very like, so what are you going to do? Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to be a director. I'm going to be... And that's the thing too is like, I wanted to do everything and even other people didn't understand that. I had like film teachers be like, you can't be everything. You have to pick one thing. Yeah. So even for him, it's like, what? You're going to do all that? So I we would keep having these conversations. When I did my web series, I went to him and because I was like, Dad, um, I need money to make this web series. I was like trying to, it was actually the pilot at first. And then he was willing to give it to me. Like he was gonna give it to me. I had a whole presentation. Everybody who knows who has a Nigerian parent, like you can't just come. Yeah. You have to come correct. Mm-hmm. You need to have everything in a row when you ask. Mm-hmm. So I had a whole presentation, I had the budget. And he was like, instead of doing this, you need to be finding a job. You need to be finding, like, how is this going to help you? And, like, I just was like, it is going to help me. Like, I knew I couldn't, like, I couldn't physically show. But he just, yeah, it was for a long time. Then I feel like there was a shift when he started seeing that things were moving for me. Yeah. Like, when I actually sold the web series, I was making money from it. When I started making money is when he was like, okay. So then there always has to be, like, a proof of concept. Exactly. For them to really understand what's happening. Yeah, especially when it's completely out of... The fear of, yes, of yeah. a professional career. It's like, what is happening? Yeah. And I think that's that's so interesting because it's like you know these pe- professional p- careers where it's like lawyers, doctors, um, what is it? Lawyer, doctor, and engineer. engineer. Those, that's the trifecta of like, if you are Nigerian. That's what if, you have to choose. In, in the Bahamian culture, is it also like that? Honestly, I feel like um, in the Bahamian culture, it is similar, but I wouldn't say it's as, like, stringent. But I would say that most people are focused on, like, the professional realm. Okay. Like, or what we know as the professional realm. Yes. And I think, like, for me, like, growing up, I literally said, like, I'm going to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. Like, my mom, um, she was a nurse. My dad, he was a serial entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I don't know where I got doctor from, but, like, I just wanted to help people. Mm -hmm. Like, when you're um, looking at careers, you think being a doctor is the only way to help people. Yeah. Or, like, being somewhere in the health field is the only way to help people. Yeah. So even choosing the career, I was like, yeah, this is how I'm going to help people. This is how I'm going to, like, serve the world. Yeah. And I think, like, even, like, going to college, there's always something that clicks in college where it's like, okay— this is who I am. This yeah. is where I'm supposed to be. And like, I used to say like, oh, you know, like go to college to get an education. But I feel like I eventually learned through college that you go to college to find who you are. And you also go to like build a network that's going to help you accelerate to mm-hmm. who you are becoming. Mm-hmm. So that for me was definitely something that like, I changed my major so many times because mm-hmm. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Right. And I was only familiar with those three fields mm-hmm. of like lawyer, doctor, entertainer that I didn't realize there was a whole like entertainment industry. There's like a financial industry. There were all these industries that I knew nothing about mm-hmm. until I stepped into college and was able to learn about that. Mm-hmm. So even like talking to like my parents, I feel like you, your story, I was like, okay, everyone just blessed over here <laughs> because it's the way I didn't hear no tears. I didn't hear no like for me, I w- mm. I fought to the nail <laughs> for this career. And I'm just like, I'm only saying because like it's so beautiful when you talk to someone that has a different experience, because mm. then it's like, wow, like I see you now and you're such a bold and strong young lady. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what 
um, kind of upbringing did it take to become who you are? Yeah. And, like, I can clearly see those signs just through what you told me. Mm. And I think for me, like, there there was a whole bunch of, like, okay, um, conflicts mm-hmm. to kind of really discover myself mm. that, like, set me back so much mm-hmm. where I know that, like, even when I told my parents that, like, I was going to be an actress, they were, like, Oh, for like a side job, mm-hmm. like, you know, as a hobby. Mm-hmm. And it's like you see these entertainment careers, director, writers as like things that don't pay the bill. Mm-hmm. So like everyone just like kind of looks at it. Well, coming from like my experience with what where I was raised, like I knew people looked at it as like, oh, that's not a real job. Like, how are you going to... What, what about the 15 years it takes to get there? You're, so you're going to be broke? Like, what does that look like for you? So, like, um, I think, like, particularly, is there, like, any, like, for, like, how easy was it for you to really, like, take the step and be like, all right, this is what I'm going to do? Like, knowing, like, your parents supported you to an extent. Mm-hmm. Both of them had their own different ways of doing it. But, like, what did that look for you to be like, all right, I'm just going to do this. Like, this is how I was raised, but this is what's going to happen. Yeah, I would say that, like, if it wasn't for, because, like I said, my mom, even though she it was like, are you going to go back to school? She still wants me to go back to school because that's like <laughs> been ingrained in yeah. her education, especially my dad as well. Yeah. I feel like that's the case for all Nigerians. Um, but I would say if it wasn't for my mom, which I don't think a lot of people do have some sort of like supporter in that way, yes. like a parent that is supportive, yes. I don't think I would have moved with such boldness. But I did have a lot of um, moments where... Um, I felt like I had to defend myself yes. with like family members. People were like, what are mm. you doing? Um, or you need to have like a plan B. Mm. And um, in those moments, like I remember before I um, sold hard medicine. It was like the winter before I was like Christmas time. I was with family and um, my aunt was like, had like she pulled me to the side and she was just like, I think you need to start like focusing on a different career. And at the time I was like, it was 2000, the end of 2016. So I was what, 23? Yeah. Um, She was like, I think you need to start focusing on a different career because like, you know, your mom's not going to say this, but like she's concerned, you know, which is not true. She was just like, you know, you don't want to be like depending on your mom financially, which I really wasn't. Um, Mm. But she was like, you need to probably consider another career. And people kept pushing me to be a lawyer because I'm really good Mm. at... Um, debating debating 100% (laughs) so people kept pushing it and I remember crying because I was like they don't understand and then I remember that was the the uh, Christmas time when La La Land was out which I don't know if you watched it Um, but it's a movie about people going after their dreams and I was like I felt like God was speaking to me in that movie and like literally the next year is when you know things were moving for me Um, so I would say, like, definitely my mom. And, again, a lot of people don't have that. But I will say being a Nigerian also helps me, like, push past obstacles. Because yes. I feel like the reason why a lot of us choose to be a doctor, because I probably want, I wanted to be a doctor when I was a kid. And then I was like, I don't want to be a doctor because I hate blood. So lawyer, <laughs> we only have three choices. So, you know, lawyer. But I think the reason why a lot of us choose doctor, because like in our heads or what we've been taught, that's the highest yes. goal, right? And you're so, always, the level of success is always up here. Yes. So it's like, okay, what can I do to like make sure that I am the most successful, the 
proudest, the like um most like my, make my parents the proudest, like things like that. Because you're even like coming from like a um home community that I was raised up mm-hmm. in, it was like success is everything. Mm-hmm. Not only for how you see yourself, but how people see you and mm-hmm. perceive what you're doing. Yeah. So it's definitely something where it's like, okay, what can I do? How can I make you proud how can yeah. I make you happy mm-hmm. and it's it's always about them 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 mm-hmm. as opposed to me individually because what even your mom was born in the Bahamas right yeah yeah so even like her journey to come to America yeah that's something where it's like I came to America to give you like a life that mm-hmm. you're going to love right and you're telling me you want to step aside and pursue happiness Mm -hmm. and purpose Mm -hmm. like that don't pay the bills like Mm -hmm. what are you doing Mm -hmm. how is the community going to see us Mm -hmm. and there's there's a lot of like even like your experience with your aunt Mm -hmm. there's a lot of perception that goes into certain decisions where like people are saying this is what you should do because Mm -hmm. this is how you should be perceived right this is what we're seeing and this is where you need to go based off of what we're observing yeah so i think even with um your experience Mm -hmm. like there's the level of success you had to attain mm-hmm. was like you can still achieve that mm-hmm. within what you're doing now. Right. But then what did that look like as you're trying to like explain this and talk through everything? Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's like they're not going to get it. And that's what I had to like yeah. come to terms with is like they're not going to get they're it until not they gonna see get it. it. But like what I was, was saying was that like I think because Nigerians, we strive to be excellent. It's like yes. embedded in us. Like our parents, a lot of them came over to this country and a lot of, I mean, Nigerians are the most educated group of people even in the United yeah. States. So we like don't take no for an answer naturally. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that mindset was ingrained in me and that helped me towards like being like, I don't care what you say, have to say. And honestly, it wasn't until my father passed away. So my father passed away early this year, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until he passed away and I met with um, a former co-worker of his that's like a sister. And she told me that, yeah, your dad would talk about you all the time, yeah. how you like bucked the, you know, the Nigerian tradition and you went off Pro on laser. your own path. Come on. And this, this and that. And I was like, oh my God, because he never like told that to me. Yeah. I, could, I could feel that he felt that way after time, but I didn't know that's how he felt. So I feel like, even though, you know, we can feel like in the beginning, especially like the, our family doesn't understand us. The people that I love and I want to make proud doesn't understand us. You have to go after what God puts inside because it's way bigger than you. And it's like they're not going to get it because it's unfamiliar to them. Yes. So just like with anything that's unfamiliar and we're talking about tradition and like culture, this has been passed down for generations and like it's generational. So yeah. we have to give them grace, but also be like, I'm going to do it regardless. And then yeah. you're going to catch up, you know, mm-hmm. type of thing. That's so. so crazy because I might have a very similar story with my dad. I never hear him be like, oh, like, you know, I'm proud. Like, he'll say it once once in a while. But, like, I don't hear it as often. And then, like, I'll meet his friends and his coworkers. They're like, your dad talks about you guys all the time. Like, he is so proud of you. And then, like, he will, like, my sister released a song, um, and he, like, is blasting her music to his friends. Like, he put me on a billboard in Atlanta. Like, he's doing, like, doing things where, like, had I, like, not taken these steps, because in the beginning— 
mm-hmm. always in the beginning. They're mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? Like, but like when you step out of like what the, the culture looks like and just follow like what your heart is saying, what God is saying, then it's like, okay, wait, something's happening here mm-hmm. that I didn't see, but now I support. Yeah. And I can like stand behind. Mm-hmm. But also like, Let's let's take a step back. Okay. okay. Let's okay. take a few steps back. Okay. So like just even growing up, mm-hmm. what what was that experience like mm-hmm. knowing um just being in a community mm-hmm. of uh Bahamians and Nigerians mm-hmm. and also trying to find yourself within like all of these different structures and rules. Yeah. I feel like it was very challenging to see where I fit um because not only am I half Nigerian and half Bahamian, but I was born in America. So yeah. I am American. I was born in Atlanta. So I feel like there's all these pieces culturally that like I don't all the way fit into or all the way um, fully have a knowing of completely because I'm split three ways, basically. Yes. Um, so I feel like with identity, because I did not, I was ashamed of my Nigerian identity, honestly. Mm. I did not like my last name because people mm. were making fun of me in school. A lot of black Americans would, you know, be really, like, mean when it came yeah. to anything that had to do with being African. So, um, yeah, I feel like it wasn't until, honestly, after high came school. Out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, not that late, not that late. But, like, it wasn't until, like, um, maybe, like, after high school, when I started to like coming out of that space, that I was like, yo, being African is lit, you know? And then you start thinking back to a lot of the things that, like the community aspect, like you were talking about. Like, I feel like having that support system and just like a, a shared culture is something that like a lot of people don't have. Like, there's a yeah. richness that I appreciated. Um, because there's so many people, so I'm an only child, but mm-hmm. like I have a huge extended family, but then there's like the extended family of people that are like Nigerian, you know yes. what I'm saying? That I think it's just such a beautiful thing. Um, and it definitely, all of that, like, I feel like God made me half Bahamian, half Nigerian and born in Atlanta to represent the <laughs> diaspora, everything to represent all of black yeah. people because I understand all sides. So when I'm talking to someone from the Caribbean or talking to someone from, West Africa or Africa or someone who's Black America, I can feel, I can understand them and find a bridge. Yes. Because I feel like, and it, it has like fostered my passion for unity amongst all Black people. Yes. So I, I have a deep appreciation for it. And um, yeah, so it's just interesting how like God turned something that was like, uh, like I just wish that I was just like one thing or, yes. you know, I could like fully be like I have a knowing of all things yes. in one culture because then I feel like it would be easier. But no, it's like God used that so that I can be a bridge to all of us. Yes, I love that. And like it's your your experiences, you're literally juggling three whole cultures mm-hmm. like you have American culture mm-hmm. which in itself is still developing mm-hmm. but like you have American culture black American culture and then also like I'm sorry African American culture mm-hmm. and then also um uh like Bahamian, Bahamian culture and Nigerian yeah. mm-hmm. like you have all of these things where it's like each one is like asking you asking a different thing of you mm-hmm. and I know for me like growing up like I used to um when it came to just like being a Nigerian in school, you always hear about... Have you heard of Akata? Yeah. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you always get it I, from both like, sides. Yes. You, I'm over <laughs> here going to school, you know, trying to like get some, like get some friends. Like all of my friends are black. Mm-hmm. Every, like I only went to a black school. Mm-hmm. I only knew black people. Mm-hmm. But then it's like going home and it's like, okay, why are you talking to Akatas? And then mm. as soon as like I started growing up, I'm like, wait, hold on. Is being black wrong? Because there is a sense of pride in Nigerian culture that it's like, we are the top. We are the best. Yeah. So I was like, wait, is something wrong with like just being uh, African-American, like mm-hmm. being black in America? Is there something wrong with that? Mm-hmm. And like, I would always be like, okay, wait, no, I'm Nigerian. I'm not black. Mm-hmm. Only because I was raised with this pride that like be- being Nigerian is in my blood, but also everyone else, everyone who is not us is like, Mm-hmm. The white people, Oyibo, mm-hmm. the um, Akata people. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, wait, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. So like, I, I always had a code switch. Yeah, I don't know about you. Have you. To. Yeah, I had a code switch yeah. from being. If you, if I was at home, you would hear my Nigerian accent. Mm-hmm. If I was in school, you would like I talk black, right? You know, yeah. I would hear my my friends studying like hip hop music. Yes. So I can, like you know, be able to like assimilate. Yes. or people to I don't know, be popular. Yes. So, yeah. I didn't even realize it was a problem until like I think maybe college when I was like, wait, I actually discovered the just beauty of being black in America. Mm-hmm. Like, and and. It's it's so, like, distinctive because I think, like, just, like, being an immigrant, you you're, you have this history that you're fighting. Well, like, I immigrated to mm-hmm. America when I was four with yeah. my family. Yeah. So, like, being an immigrant, you have this culture that you're fighting and this environment that's telling you to be like them. Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, I was always like, wait, like, my family's telling me I shouldn't be like you because of what they've perceived through, like, media and how black people have been shown. So, like, what does it actually mean to be black in America? Mm -hmm. And, like, now I have so much pride in just saying, like, hey, I'm black. Yeah. Like, and this is encompassing my Nigerian culture, my um, um, American culture, because, yes, I was born in Nigeria, but if I go back to Nigeria, they're over here looking at me like I'm American. They're over here like, no, like you're not us Mm -hmm. because you're not Nigerian enough. Mm -hmm. And then the Americans are like, you're not American enough. So then it's like, I'm I'm actually Nigerian American and I had to learn how to be that Mm -hmm. and merge like the two of, hey, like I love, I love, love, love black culture. Mm -hmm. And I also love, love, love Nigerian culture. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like when, you know, I go from Afrobeats to Mm -hmm. hip hop? Right, yeah. (laughs) So it's, just so it's so it's so beautiful but I will definitely say like how I was raised definitely gave me a sense of like pride and discipline and success that I know that like my fellow African-American friends don't have like aren't as in touch with because there's so much history um, there's so much history in slavery like the slave history Mm -hmm. that like they've been disconnected from Mm -hmm. and I'm always like I'm always learning from like African like all of my African American friends I'm trying to be very distinctive because it's like yes I'm Nigerian American but like the African American experience is so much different it's my, absolutely so it's, different it's, it's like day and night yeah you can't even like, compare I'm, I mean yeah it's, it's very yes. different <laughs> like I'm I'm literally like learning so much from my African American friends because I'm just like okay wait um, wait hold on is this like what am I supposed to be doing like okay what movies did I watch or am I supposed to watch what song yeah, am I yeah. supposed to listen to like how do I dream 
dress. Like there's so much into into it that I love now. Mm-hmm. But like I grew up hating because you're made fun of. Right. And exactly. you're like, girl, the amount of ridicule. I will say it wasn't until Black Panther, which mm. was like what, 2000, like freaking 18. Yeah. Like something like that where it was like, okay, now we have pride in like uplifting our Africans in yeah, the community, our yeah. actual Africans. Right. So for me, I like... I see the pride of being um, African-American and I also see the pride of being uh, Nigerian-American. And then I'm just like, all right, I'm in in this perfect spot that only I can like bridge Mm -hmm. the understanding of like what both look like for me. And then on top of that, I have all of these like these values and beliefs that like I love and like I adore, but I also know have held me back in the sense of like Hmm. learning about the um, African-American experience. Yeah. Like that's definitely something that like I wish like I dove into prior to, but I couldn't Mm -hmm. because as a child, you you only hear what your parents are saying and your parents are saying what they saw on TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or what they saw on freaking WhatsApp. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. On WhatsApp. (laughs) It's the WhatsApp threads that I'm just like, mommy. Right. I understand what you're saying. I have to be putting but I promise, silent. <laughs> I promise you, I will not accidentally walk in to a road range contest and be shot. Like, oh. it's, it's so many things. Yeah. It's like, be fearful, do this, do this. Right. I'm just like, why, why do we live in so much fear? I will say that I have also noticed that like a lot of Nigerians live in in fear. Mm-hmm, very fear, cautious. Uh, overly yes, cautious. Yeah. Overly cautious. Mm-hmm. And it like it holds you back because it's like you can't you're you're so closed minded sometimes because of the fear mm-hmm. that you're not letting yourself experience the world. Yeah. And that was really me even like being in school. I was so fearful of like um everything that I was seeing or hearing that I wasn't experiencing the world the way like I now am doing Mm -hmm. but it took like child 20 20 plus years to like really get to this point yeah yeah there's I think it's so beautiful um for me to like experience this culture and also you girl um Melissa says that she's Bahamian Nigerian but she's actually like um the biggest like actually no Melissa you're like the biggest like um what is it like black pride like you know Melissa knows everything about black culture in the sense of like whether it's African um freaking um she knows everything like African <laughs> uh African American like and I'm just like Melissa how do you did didn't you have a minor in like African American studies or something you know I did not I did not I wanted to okay. I wanted to I did take an African American studies class and that was like oh my goodness and I wanted to but I would have graduated later by the time um, I decided to. But I will. I am going to get a master's in African American. You told me that. And I was like, wait, this only makes sense. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, don't you already know too much? Like, at what point are you going to stop? People (laughs) think that. Like, I have friends that be like, oh, um, you should talk to Melissa. She knows. Like, She knows everything. And I'm like, that's not true. But I think that's dope that, you know, that's the perception. um, Because I do seek out knowledge because, like, I feel like there is so much that all of us all on all fronts do not know about each other. Yeah. Um, I think it's beautiful that you as a Nigerian or Nigerian American um are is desiring to learn more about the African American experience because I feel like a lot of times I would find myself like defending 
African-Americans to my family, mm. my Bahamian side and <laughs> the Nigerian side. Yeah, Because like a lot of them will be like, you know, they're lazy. You know, why don't they just pick themselves up and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, it's systemic. It's systemic. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what does that word mean? Um, and then I remember, I remember one of my aunts during the pandemic, 2020, I'll never forget. She left me a voicemail and she was like, you know, Melissa, you know, we used to have arguments at Thanksgiving, especially during Thanksgiving, because everybody, that's where everybody is talking. And she would be like, but, you know, they were talking about Black Lives Matter at church today, and I get it. Black lives do matter. Oh, my God. And I was like, and it just meant so much to me because there would be times where I'm like, they don't get it. Like, they don't get it. How do they not get it? Because they live in a, com- they live in in a, a country com- where they're the majority. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They have no understanding. Yeah. So it's completely different. And yes. so when we are more, when we have more knowledge, we can have more empathy with each other because the biggest enemy um, like we, the biggest enemy can be ourselves. Yeah. And like, honestly, like if you think about it, if you can allow a group of people to start fighting each other, you don't even have to do anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the more that we can be educated of each other, because honestly, if you are coming from a different culture, like Nigerian, like if you are African and you are living in this country, you are very privileged yes. because you know where you come from. Yes. You can, if something happens in the United States, you have somewhere to go. Yeah. You are extremely privileged. So us using our privilege to be like, okay, how can I learn about their experience and also like help be a bridge? Because we're all African. Mm-hmm. We are all African. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And so that's why I love, I was telling Denisha, who's doing the podcast <laughs> oh, or helping us record that, you know, she's Nigerian because she probably is or if or somewhere yeah. else in West Africa. But the more that we can just like stop dividing each other, yes. like even bah- my Bahamian culture. Yes, my family's Caribbean, but guess what? They originated in Africa. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like the division is what I am passionate about ending like ending all that because there's no way we can't move forward and like pe- the, again it's beautiful that people like you are are doing that because it's gonna just create so much like love you know and like because I do feel like there's a lot of healing that needs to take place because a lot of Nigerian Americans grew up with black Americans making fun of them so I sometimes I'm in rooms and they're like Me. so you know y'all <laughs> They feel like I feel and then black Americans feel like, you know, we think we're better than them or like we look down upon them. And so there's just a lot of healing that needs to take place because they didn't black Americans didn't wake up one day and say Africans are the worst or Africans are dirty or whatever. They were conditioned to think like that. We everything is conditioning. So we again, we have to show everybody grace Um, and it's a process. But, you know, it is a process. And I'm. I'm still healing. Mm. I'm definitely still healing from the trauma I experienced growing up as an immigrant. Because mm-hmm. for me, I was as as soon as I opened my mouth or like stepped in the school, there was always some sense of ridicule or some sense of like feeling alone or left out. Yeah. Because I wasn't like everyone. Mm-hmm. And I know that like um particularly just like in the black community, when it comes to like culture, there are things where it's like you have to do certain things. You have to listen to or hear or know certain things to prove your blackness. Yes. yes. So Ugh. like being African and not knowing the black experience in America, that like set me back 
so much because I was like, okay, well, like, I guess I'm not black. Mm -hmm. So now, like, why should I, like, why should I, like, fight for y'all or, like, be friends with y'all when, like, y'all are telling me that I'm not black mm -hmm. and I'm from Africa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. can't, I, can't, I flew over here from another continent and I know I'm black, but, like, I don't share your experience. I don't share your culture. Mm -hmm. But I'm that's it's not saying that, like, you know, we're different because we're still the same. We're still the same. I'm just, like, in the generation that just immigrated and y'all's generation came uh, forcefully years and years, years ago. Yeah. We're literally the same. Yeah. But, like, I think for me, just trying to really set apart, like, stop thinking about, like, um, stop thinking about the measures of blackness mm -hmm. and really just trying to, uh, as an individual, talk to and listen to and hear each person's story. Yeah. Because each person's story is so different. It's mm -hmm. so different. I don't care if... Um, Af um, African Americans in freaking California mm -hmm. and Georgia, mm -hmm. day and night, right? Day and night, <laughs> <So different. Yeah. laughs> like they don't like in California. Like they don't know about like even the fraternities that were born in the South. Mm -hmm. They don't know about like so much mm -hmm. about like slavery. Like it's like yeah, California didn't have slavery. Yeah, there's so many things where it's like. There, there's such a divide everywhere. And I'm I'm so tired of being like, well, I'm an immigrant, so like mm -hmm. I'm African and I can't be black. And you're black in California, but you're not really black because mm -hmm. you don't know the blackness in the South. Yeah. There's so many layers to it. Yeah. There's so many layers. And I'm I'm really just trying to like bridge mm -hmm. it, you yeah. know, just by hearing each individual as I as I'm like learning about people and their experience. Yeah, I, I guess a question that comes to mind that I want to ask you mm. is because um, because I'm like even trying to how would I answer this? Um, how would you define blackness or what is being black? I mean, honestly, I feel like being black is it's hard because I feel like being black can be like, yeah, you're black. You mm -hmm. look black. Right, right. Because then we we get into colorism. Right. Where it's right. like, okay. are light skins black? But mm -hmm. yes, they're black. But yeah. I think being black is an experience. Mm -hmm. And it, but the experience is, has a range. Yeah. There's such a range of the experience where it's like, if you're raised by a black mother, by a black father, like, you know, their experience and you have certain touches of like, those things, if you're raised by a white mother and a black, um, a white mother and a black father, your experience is different. You're still black. Mm -hmm. You you still have pieces of that experience, mm -hmm. and it's and when you really talk about even like saying the n word sometimes, when like mm -hmm. people are like, hey, you can't say the n word because you don't know our experience as black people, mm -hmm. where it's like. We're still healing, yes, but like we're we need to start like bridging the experience part of it to know that like everyone's experience is going to be different. Yeah. And if I have black in my blood, I'm black. Mm -hmm. Even the white people be black for real. Mm -hmm. Like I've met some white people mm -hmm. who are blacker than black people. Mm. Blacker. You mm. know, yeah, when yeah. it comes to like measuring yeah. the stick of like the black experience. Yeah, yeah. And to me, I'm like, yeah, that's not black white best friend. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's really an experience mm -hmm. because when you talk about even allyship, mm -hmm. it's like a lot of allies understand the black experience. I'm not gonna call them black because they're not black, right, but like right. it's it's still like an understanding of that experience. Yeah. And how would you answer that question? Yeah, you know, the other day I was thinking about it. 
And when I say this, I'm not coming or saying that other races or other groups of people, like, I'm not putting black people over anyone. Yeah. This, but I was thinking about this the other day. And I was like, the word says that we were made in God's image. Mm. And it's scientifically proven that the first humans originated in Africa. <laughs> um, I knew you were going to say that's that. That's scientifically proven. <laughs> Um, so everybody that we see, all these racial groups came from Africa. Yeah. So when I think about blackness, meaning like the image of, I mean, when you're to me, like race is a social construct, which means like there is really no, it's subjective. Yes. Um, if you, if someone perceives you as black, you're yes. black. But to me, it's like, we're like the image of God. Yes. Because I mean, we are the image of God. So, and again, not saying that other racial groups are not, but yeah. So, and I think, yeah, it is an experience. And I think that it can't be measured and it can't be defined. And I think that we need to just like rest in the fact that uh, that's enough. Like if I see you and you're black, it's enough. Like we don't need to measure it. I don't need to qualify it because that's like um, enslaving each other. You know what I'm saying? And what we really need to be doing is... Because all of our experiences, like, is meant to provide unity for each other. Like, you know, I didn't grow up... I did grow up listening to, like, rock music and different things that, like, black people didn't listen to. So then when I hear, like, other black people... Um, like uh, Rebecca um, the, the other week she was like uh, singing Paramore and I was like oh my god <laughs> I love Paramore I feel like Paramore has a hold on black people yeah. um, like Paramore is like um, but like I feel like it makes other black people be like oh my god like I grew up listening to rock music and that was okay like yeah. there is first of all black people were the originators of rock music there's so many things that we say is not black that it's like no like we were the authors of a lot of these things Um but yeah, anyway, I think that we don't we need to remove all of this like measurement because we're just putting unnecessary pressure on ourselves. Yeah. Which is probably like white supremacy at work. Um <laughs> there's a lot a of words other... being used right now. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even have time to break this yeah, down. Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other that's a whole other episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that like all of our experiences are valid and um, like you said, like just listening to yeah. each other. Like, that's what it's about. Yeah. And I think, like, even just our experience. Mm-hmm. You're a bah- Nigerian, Bahamian, mm-hmm. African-American. Mm-hmm. Like, that is your black experience. Yeah. I'm Nigerian-American. Mm-hmm. That's my black experience. Mm-hmm. And there are African-Americans who were born here who only know New York, only know Detroit, only know, Mm -hmm. like, all of these different areas, like California. Mm -hmm. They only know those, like, places. Mm -hmm. Each and every single one of them are completely different. Yeah. Like, and there's even, like, regionalism that we don't recognize sometimes, where it's Mm -hmm. like, there are all these different types of black. Mm -hmm. And they're all, like, even as an immigrant, I'm just like, I had to learn how to say, like, I'm black and I'm proud. Mm. Because there were, like... There's so many different things that, like, divided me from, like, the black experience growing up because Mm. I wasn't born here. I really didn't, like, know about, like, uh, a different world, um, Mm -hmm. living single, all of those things until I was in my teens because my Africans around me weren't listening to that, weren't Mm -hmm. watching that. Like, it it was certain things where it's, like, 
stepping into unity and just looking at, let me just learn about your experience. Mm -hmm. That's like helping us heal through all of the brokenness within the black community. Mm -hmm. Cause like, and I, and I feel like we are inching closer. Like we're inching so much closer. Mm -hmm. And like, even knowing like the values and beliefs that I've been instilled with as a Nigerian American, the amount of discipline, the amount of success, like the amount of like, um, just like, faith that I have in God, like all of those different things that I can now share and talk to with like someone who like knows nothing about being African, being Nigerian, but they are trying to learn about their history and all of these different things, learn about African history. Like there's so many like threads that we can just like tie together. Yeah. Like by leaning on each other to just share that. And I'm I'm excited. Like I'm just like so happy to like have this conversation because there's so like, I was literally telling um, Rebecca, there's so much healing in just, like, releasing mm-hmm. and just, like, talking through, like, our individual experiences because that looks so different, um, not only for ourselves, but it's going to look different from how we p- push it out into the world. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, when I also think about being Black, too, I think about we are— a community of people that persist no matter what, like no matter the odds. When you think about the fact that specifically black Americans history and how they came to this country, the fact that there's even still black people here is like, honestly, it it, like, I I, I can't (laughs) even wrap my head around it. And it's also been proven like my, my mom, who's a doctor, has a lot of um, doctor friends. And one of um, her doctor friends, she's a pediatrician. And she was telling me, like, back in the day when she used to, like, deliver babies, the preemie babies that were black were the ones that would, like, like persist, mm. persist more. So it's literally embedded wow. in our DNA to persist. Yeah. And so when you think about, like, just the extreme amount of— it's, I can't even articulate in words the amount of oppression— that um, us as a community, all of us, like, you know, I think a lot of times um, Nigerian Americans, specifically because that's what I grew up around, um, yes, we came from a space of pride, but we also had, like, no knowledge that our ancestors, you know, were enslaved. Mm -hmm. It's actually not true. Like, everybody was enslaved. All of us were colonized. But we have no knowledge of it, so all we think of is, like, we are, you know, we know where we come from. Mm. So it's like, I feel like if we pair that knowledge, we, we have an understanding of our history, but we pair that from, like, I know where I came from and mm. I persisted. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that just shifts, like, the energy. That's yeah. just the energy amongst all of us. Because it's like, when we see each other, it's like, wow. Like, yeah. we are really, like, I don't even think we really understand who we are, yeah. like what's in our DNA. Yeah. It's powerful. It's so powerful. It's powerful. They try to destroy us. Yeah. They try to enslave us. Even it going back to actually Africa, it's the same thing just in within different people. Yeah. It wasn't the white people. It was us doing it to each other. Mm-hmm. So there's still a level of that mm-hmm. at every single like playing field that you look at when you're looking at black people. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't it it didn't work and it's not going to work. Yeah. Like even and that's why specifically in America because that's what I'm most knowledgeable about when it comes to the systemic oppression, the things that they continually try to do to divide us. They yeah. do that because when we unite, it's like out of this world. 100%. In the 60s, 
there's so much changes they made because yeah. of the way they united. So when we unite, it's like so power. It's beyond anything. Yes. So that's why they try to divide it. So we we can't do it to ourselves. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, child. I have like I'm like shivering because I'm just like wow. That's so good. But That's I want to so say good. this um, specifically about you and I. What I love about us is that there's no competition. Oh. And I feel like um, that's yeah. rare for people. I mean, I feel like that amongst a lot of our group of friends. Yeah. But I feel like specifically with you, I feel like there's like a lot of things that we may do in parallel, but I don't feel, it's almost like, okay, girl, like, let's do it together. You like said let's, competition. I was like, I've never even thought about that. I've like, I, I want to support and uplift everything you do. Mm -hmm. I've never even looked at you like, oh, she's doing that. Maybe. Yeah. Wow. I'm saying there's no, it's completely like absent. There's no parts of yeah. that. Yeah. Which I think is beautiful. And I feel like, I pray that that continue, like that spreads among yes. all of us. Yes. Especially in the entertainment industry. Amen. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. This was so beautiful and healing. I'm just like, I'm in awe. Because each conversation, I'm like, wow, I can't get any better than this. And then it's like, <laughs> okay, so wh where's the playing field? Because right now, we like over it. <laughs> oh. But all right. Thank you guys for listening. And Melissa, thank you. Thank you. Boo. Um, follow her on her socials, Melissa Effa on Instagram. Melissa N O Effa. N O Effa on Instagram. Yes. And and yeah. Instagram. Instagram. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you, Boo.